Hello, good morning, hola, slash you could be listening to this in the evening. So good evening, my beans. Today, I'm very excited. This is episode 36 and today I'm going to be talking about dealing with unsolicited comments. This can be just a comment. This can be advice. It's everything. Now, I'm pretty excited and I I start every podcast talking about how excited I am, but I am pretty excited because I did a call out on my Instagram and I got people to answer, you know, what kind of unsolicited comments you have had, um, especially for the people that kind of didn't know what to say in response because often people catch us off guard, they make a comment and we either offended or hurt or we feel like really uncomfortable with the comment that they've made. But at the time, you kind of, you're caught off guard so you don't really say anything in response or you might snap back and then you, then you either walk away saying, I wish I had said something or I wish I didn't react like that and I had something better to have said. So I put the call out on my Instagram and I had probably the biggest response that I have ever had ever in any question call out that I've done on my Instagram. I'm talking about hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of comments that came through. So thank you everyone for participating and helping me out with that. There were many underlying themes there that were quite common across the board. And it just goes to show that No matter who's making the comment, whether they're well-meaning, whether they're toxic, whether they're your best friend, your family, or just a stranger, these things, you know, are coming in thick and fast, left, right and centre, because people just feel entitled to make unsolicited comments and give you their opinion about how they feel. And I find it really funny because I'm sure I've done it as well. I'm sure we've all done it. But it's something that especially in the last, I'd probably say two years, I've really tried my best, my very best to not do that. And when someone is doing something, I try and question myself and stop myself and think, how necessary is this comment? And is this just a a projection of your opinion? Or are you actually trying to give them some helpful piece of information? Because if it's not that, and if it's not affecting me directly, I need to shut the fuck up. So that's something that I've tried to do. So while this podcast is aimed at getting you to learn how to respond better at these unsolicited comments without getting angry... Because unfortunately, if you respond with anger, if you snap, then even if your message is good, it doesn't come across because people will always respond to the energy that you gave them, not what you said often. So if you're angry, they're probably going to focus on the anger and how it was delivered instead of some really witty intellectual thing that you could have said. So we want to find ways to respond calmly, kindly, but you know, concisely to get our point across, to make them think twice about making a comment like that, at least to you, so you don't have to deal with those comments from that same person again. But separate to that, I really, I'm all about people pulling each other up and pulling themselves up on their own bullshit. So please use this as like a mirror as well and really ask yourself, um, how often am I doing this as well to people? Because it's so common and I talk about this a lot. It's so common to be able you know, it's easy to be able to look at that and be like, yes, I've had that happen. Yes, someone said that to me. But it's not that easy to say, I've said that to someone else. And I want you to do that. I want you to pull yourself up on your bullshit and not only find good ways to respond to people, but find ways of improving how you interact with other people. How enjoyable are you to be around? Are you also making these comments to people? Are you also judgmental? Are you throwing on your morals and your projections on other people? Okay, so that's what this whole podcast is going to be about. Pretty excited because I feel like it's quite an interactive podcast with the amount of things that people wrote in about. Incredible. 
Incredible. So I feel like I'm actually talking to you guys in person. Very exciting. Separate to that, I'm just going to go into my um, life update, my week, whatever. Not really my week. It's just the start of the year. So half of this week, I've still been kind of off comms on holidays. I was in Wollongong with my boyfriend and his family. So chilled. It was lovely. I actually met some of you guys in Wollongong, which was fucking amazing. So hello. Um, Yeah. If you ever do recognize me, please just yell out and say hello because I'm just going to be very excited every time. Um, and separate to that, I decided this year that I need to get in the zone. Like I need to, if there's ever been a bigger zone to get into, it's now, it's this year for me. This is like the biggest zone that I have to get so deep into because of the amount that I've got going on this year. So this, I'll let you guys know what I'm kind of planning this year. I have... I'm planning on finishing my master's degree. Like I said, I'm going to try and do the final three subjects in the first semester. I'm going to see how I go with that. That's the the aim. Separate to that, of course, I'm going to continue the podcast. I don't want to miss out on a week, so I'm going to try and really schedule these in in advance. I'm going to be working a lot more with Rachel Dillon doing the mindset training for all her challenges, which is very, very exciting. I'm working on something separate, which is an improvement to the mindset hacks that I used to offer online. So stay tuned because something along those lines is coming. I'll do a professional announcement of that soon. And I am planning on writing a second book as well. So ding, 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 surprise. That's another announcement. I am going to be writing a second book. Not sure what it's going to be about. I've got two ideas. It's going to be one of the two. So I'm very sure on these two ideas. I'm just going to speak to my publisher and we're going to come up with which one's probably the more, probably the best one to do next. Anyway, so that's all happening. So as you can imagine, there's a lot going on, a lot of shit that I need to do. Well, slash a lot of shit that I want to do. And I'm finding that I need to really, really get my shit together and be productive. So today what I decided is that I'm going to start doing two days a week in a, like at a hot desk, you know, those workspaces, those shared office spaces. So I went today and I did a tour, mind you, this is not Spawn, (laughs) lol, not Spawn. It sounds like Spawn because I'm so excited about it, but it's not. I went and did a tour at a place called Spaces and this is like a shared co-working office space. They've got one, the one that I went to is in Martin Place and it is amazing, amazing, amazing. They just started, it's this brand new building in Martin Place right in the city. I'm so excited. I've never been more excited to work in my life. But they've got offices all around the world. And when COVID ends and the borders are open, you will find me at the Paris office instantly. I'm going to like teleport myself to the Paris office. I'm so fucking excited about that. Anyway, so I decided I'm going to do a month and see how I go. I can already tell that I'm going to like sign up for because you can do month to month or you can sign up for like contracts of 6, 12, however long you want. But I'm going to give this month a go where I do two days a week there. And then, of course, I've got to be at uni another two days a week and whatever. And I honestly feel this is going to be like one of the magic, the magic keys to helping my productivity because I feel that for me, I bounce off energy quite well. So if I'm in a, in a location or an area where other people are working, you've got a lot of startups, a lot of, you know, professionals who might be, you know, it's a small company so they can have their entire office at this shared workspace. There's a cafe in there. There's booths where I could even record my podcast there. It's just, oh, I'm so excited. I feel like I need to describe it via interpretive dance to you guys, but this is not a visual medium. So I will probably do an acapella song later on in the podcast to express my joy. Anyway, so that's pretty much my week 
that's about it. I'm not going to delve that much deeper into it. But yeah, if you guys do follow me on Instagram, Alexis Predes, at Alexis Predes, then I'll probably be doing a lot of stories off that space. I feel like they should sponsor me. But anyway, we'll, we'll get there eventually. I feel like, yeah, I'm just going to be a huge advocate for that space. It is amazing. Right. Okay. Now let's get straight into, oh, I wanted to do my brain facts today. It's not just the brain. I'm actually going to be talking about your genes. It's just a little fun thing about, um, about um, chromosomes in particular. So where do we start? So with your genes, because basically what I want to talk about is sex-linked traits and what gets passed down and why certain disorders are more common in males than females if they lie on a particular chromosome. So basically with your genes, we all have 23 pairs of chromosomes one from the mother and one from the father. And chromosomes are made of DNA and protein strands that are all packaged together tightly into what is a chromosome. Um, So we all have 23 pairs. So that's 46 in total. And so it's one to 22. And normally the last pair are the sex chromosomes. So if if you're a female, you have two X chromosomes, one X from the mother and one X from the father. And if you are a male, you have an X and a Y. So that's one X chromosome from your mother and then the Y chromosome from the father. So there are genetic disorders where you can have an extra couple of sex chromosomes, but I'm not going to get into that today. I'm just going to talk about these ones in particular where you still have just the 46 chromosomes in total. So a sex-linked trait are traits that are carried down that lie specifically on the last pair of chromosomes and most of the sex-linked traits are located on the X chromosome Um, and that is because the chromosome is longer and therefore it just carries more genes so you're more likely to have a trait lie on that chromosome because it is longer than on the Y chromosome. So we all get an X chromosome from the female. And if you're a man, like I said, you get the Y from your father. And if you got your father's X chromosome, then you would be a female. So let's talk about something like hair loss, for example. So the main gene for hair loss lies on the X chromosome. So if you're a male and your mother is a carrier of the hair loss gene, then you are definitely going to get the hair loss gene because it is on the X chromosome. And being a male, you only have one X and then, of course, one Y. If you are a female, then you've got to have this gene on both the chromosomes in order to express the hair loss gene. So as as the hair loss gene would need to be a dominant one. So your father would give you an X chromosome and your mother would give you an X chromosome and it has to occur on both those genes because what normally would happen is that if one gene does not express that sex-linked trait or that, you know, whether it's a disorder or disease or whatever, if, if one of the Xs doesn't express it, it's likely to be the stronger one so then you just have a dominant allele. And if it's the weaker one where, for example, if the mum was a carrier but didn't express it, it's called recessive. So it's like it's less likely to take over. So there's still a chance that you could have it but the chances are very low just because – Um, you would have to have the trait on both the genes in order for it to definitely be expressed. So that's why hair loss is a lot less common in females than it is in males because in males, if the mother is a carrier of that gene, then you literally don't stand a chance because you only have that one X chromosome. This is why they often say to look at the mother's father because if the mother's father is going bald – then we know that she has at least one copy of the hair loss gene in her pair of X chromosomes. Because given that she's the daughter, 
The father has passed on his X chromosome and that is where the gene is located, not the Y. So the father, however, cannot pass it down to his son. It's just not possible because he can only give the son the Y chromosome. Um, and that's the trait just does not exist there. So you can only get that particular trait from the mother. Keep in mind that hair loss um, this is not the only gene that contributes to hair loss, but it's by far the most significant one. So that's where you're going to see most, it's way more likely that you're getting it from that gene and it is passed down from the mother. Even if your mother herself doesn't express it, she can just be a carrier because she does have those two X chromosomes and she might give you the one that contains that gene, even if it's um, recessive, she can still, like, so it's not dominant, she could still pass that down to the son. There are other sex-linked traits as well on the X chromosome. One of them, for example, is hemophilia, which is a blood condition where the blood cannot clot. And that's why you'll notice often with a lot of sex-linked traits, it is just a whole lot more common for men to get it than females because females kind of have like that backup copy where you would need both of them to present in order for you to have that disorder play out or, you know, or show itself, which I think is really fucking interesting. So yeah, I thought I'd just share that fact with you guys. And that's, um, yeah, there's, I think I might even explain more genetic disorders in future. Cause there are certain things where you have an extra, um, an extra chromosome or an extra, like a smaller chromosome and all this stuff. It's very, very interesting. But basically I found that really fascinating when we were learning that in genetics, um, at uni. So I thought I'd share that t- with you guys. Okay. Now let's dive straight into the topic. All right. Dealing with unsolicited comments and opinions. We all get them. Every single one of us at some point in our life has gotten it. And sometimes you've been able to give a great response and a lot of the time you walk away pissed off just because it sort of lingers in your mind because you think, why did they say that? It's none for their business. It's fucking annoying. And you almost, you know, have not found a way to shut it down without sort of getting angry or pissed off or being rude or resentful or whatever. So often we just, very often we let it slide. But basically, it's the concept that people are making remarks or comments based on how they think that you should do something or how they think that you should dress, what what decisions you should make with your life, whether it's with um, anything, anything in your life, career, uh, relationships, whatever, fashion, anything. So what? how I'm going to break this podcast down, it's going to be, first I'm going to cover the reasons why someone would be making these remarks, like why people do or say what they do. And then I'm going to cover ways that you can overcome these or how to tackle them. And then after I've gone over all of that, I'm also going to be reading out some of the um, messages that I got via Instagram from like that question box that I put up. So I'm going to be reading them out. Some of them will be word for word and some of them will be kind of like a roundup um where you know ones where it's like an underlying theme because I did get a lot about like weight eating lifestyle choices with money lifestyle choices choices with partners children etc now the problem with unsolicited comments is they often feel difficult to deal with because they're normally delivered by someone that you would not normally stand up to or not normally want to shut down or put in their place or you know stop them saying what they're saying so it might be someone maybe who's got more power than you someone who's maybe more outgoing than you it might be in a position where it's awkward so possibly an in-law a superior someone who's senior to you Um, it's often or rarely ever going to be someone who's shyer than you because you have probably already shut them down in the past or you have felt on their level enough to dish it right back to them in a playful way so say it's like maybe your sibling and they're making a comment 
if you have a certain relationship with your sibling, you might be able to turn around and be like, well, fuck off, you, whatever. You know, so it's this kind of banter instead of someone saying something where you feel that you can't speak. So often the reason we get so affected by it is based on where it's coming from and the fact that we feel that we don't really have a good response to give back. So really important to keep in mind that a lot of these comments are happening from good people who mean well, who might really like you and who you might really like. So I don't want to say that everyone who tries to put you down is mean or toxic. That's not the case at all. Some people carry on with these behaviors because they might think it's okay because they've never been pulled up on it and it works for them. Um, It might be their way of breaking the ice, showing who's boss or for them to feel more confident or significant because they use those comments as a protective blanket. Um, Often people feel if I'm the one making this comment, then that comment is not going to be made to me and that way I'm protecting myself from these comments. You know, like a lot of people feel and this is on a smaller scale, but if you take it to a bigger scale, that's often why a lot of bullies bully is because they're fearful of being the ones that are attacked so they go on the attacking rampage first to shut any possibility of being attacked down because they want to intimidate so that happens on a much smaller scale with these comments I think often insecure people who want to show that to make it look like they're confident or secure or don't want to be vulnerable are the ones that are often going to make comments like this so that way you then feel maybe intimidated or you know you feel like you're not in a position to say something back or to pull them up on it so that might be another one of the reasons um yeah so there's many reasons I'm going to go through all the reasons but yeah I just wanted to say that I personally have many people in my life who I love and adore who make comments like this and it doesn't take away from how good they are as people but it also doesn't take away my right to pull them up on it if I want to. You don't have to pull people up on it. Don't ever feel like you now must pull people up on it and don't feel guilty if you didn't pull them up on it because you felt uncomfortable, that's fine. But if you can pull them up on it and you feel comfortable to do so, I recommend that you do it because it starts to teach people that you're not going to take that kind of negative talk or that kind of treatment or you being put down. And hopefully it's like a teachable moment for them as well because it hopefully also gets them thinking about the next time they're going to do it to someone else because if they got pulled up and an awkward moment occurred, awkward moments are very, very good to make people think and reflect. If you don't allow for any awkward moments, then people just stay in autopilot continuing along on their behaviour half the time maybe not realizing how hurtful it can be or how uncomfortable it makes someone else feel. So if you are in a position where you feel comfortable enough to pull someone up on it, I highly recommend that you start doing it because it works for you, but then it hopefully will work for them and also for other people. And if you're ever in a situation where you make a comment and someone pulls you up on it, think about how you're going to react. Are you going to get defensive or are you going to be like, touche, you're right, it's none of my business or you're right, my opinion isn't relevant in this situation. Like are you going to be the bigger person when someone pulls you up on it or are you going to get on the defensive and attack or, you know, or retreat and not connect with them or refuse to get vulnerable? So not only do you want to be thinking about how you can pull other people up on it but start imagining scenarios where what would happen if someone pulled you up on it, what would be the best possible way to react in order to strengthen your relationship with that person instead of um, increasing the divide that you have with that person. So let's go through the reasons um, in, in a bit more detail as to why people do that. A really big one is to get a reaction from you. If someone can get a reaction out of someone, it makes them feel significant. 
And again, this doesn't just apply to toxic people. This could be just their their way of being and that's what they've done their whole life and they've never been pulled up on it and it works for them. And a lot of people do like to get a reaction. They might think it's funny. They might think it's, you know, it's a good icebreaker, especially if they're doing it in a group and they think that the comment that they're making is funny. They're not doing it because they really care about the reaction that you're going to have. Often people do it to get a reaction from the group. And if you, in their opinion, seem like the weakest link to make a comment, then you're going to be the target and they're going to say something in order to get a reaction from the group. They're the funny one. They're the witty one. They're the bold one who's going to say these comments. You know, So people do like to get a reaction either from you or from the people that are witnessing that interaction go down. Um, the next one, and this is really common with people that might be older than you, not always, but in general, is that they believe that their morals or style or belief systems is superior to yours and they feel that they need to share it. So this will happen when older people make a comment on your appearance, your style, how you're dressing, how you're choosing to live your life. If it's very different to how their generation chose to live their life, this you know, these comments will happen also if, you know, um, what you're choosing to do as far as, you know, having children or not having children or how you choose to, you know, date or the fact that you might not want to get married until way later. And this is where you get a lot of the comments, mainly not always, but mainly from older people where they're telling you, oh, you know, your body's a ticking time bomb. Start thinking about children. Oh, you think you don't want a child now? Ha, you wait. You know, all these comments from an older generation because they think that they know better than you. And yes, at times they might not know better than you, but no one really knows what's going on in your head. So you still don't have to take it. You don't have to take it, especially if it doesn't impact them. So this is another thing that I really want to reiterate here. We're talking about this podcast is covering when people make a comment or an opinion on something that is specific to you. I'm not talking about if someone has a comment or opinion on your actions, if your actions are impacting them directly. And what I mean by directly is that they suffer a consequence based on what you've chosen to do. So in that scenario, if they're actually directly impacted, then they are entitled to say something and you as a good person with who's grown should take that on board. However, if you are only impacting them indirectly and by indirectly it could be, oh, I don't like the look of that or, oh, that kind of, you know, jars me because I don't believe this and now you're saying that so I feel I should voice it. That's an indirect impact because you haven't actually negatively affected their life in any way, shape or form other than the fact that they just don't want to see it or they don't want to hear about it or, you know, they think that, they're responsible to have an opinion on your life or how you're going to live your life in the future. So we're only talking about if something is only impacting you, if your choices are only impacting your life, that's what I'm talking about. If it doesn't impact them, then they don't really then it is completely unsolicited. If it impacts them directly, it's not an unsolicited comment, okay? All right. Now another reason is they might make these comments because they want you to retract or act smaller as you might make them feel uncomfortable. For example, you might have a friend um, who is often intimidated by you, maybe by how you look or by what you do. So they might feel if I make a comment like this, hopefully it, it gets them feeling a little bit insecure so it brings them back down to my level and they're not as outgoing or they don't wear, you know, that, you know, 
catchy outfit that everyone makes a comment about or whatever, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, if they think that you're doing something that's going to make you really unique um, and they feel intimidated by that, they might try and make a comment like that to try and bring you down or make you feel or act smaller so they can feel more comfortable when they are around you. Another reason could be that they just are someone that is often feels uncomfortable with the threat of the unknown. So a lot of people who are quite conservative don't like things that they don't understand. I think a lot of people feel that in order for them to like it, they must understand it. Um, and I don't think that that should ever be the case. I don't think that for you to treat someone as an equal or to treat someone with respect, you have to understand them. As long as they're not doing anything harmful or hurtful or detrimental to someone else around them, I don't think that you have to understand them to respect them. If they're minding their own business and not affecting anyone, that shouldn't be a reason. However, a lot of people that have lived a very sheltered way of life or are super conservative in the way that they carry themselves out and their belief systems and morals, if they see something that they don't understand, huge example of this are people who have a problem with other people that are gay huge this is a perfect example someone who has an issue with gay people and their response is oh I don't understand it well you don't have to understand it to accept it or to respect it but they don't see that they think no I don't get it so I'm entitled to to make all these comments like you can think those things in your head but it becomes inappropriate when then you then start making those comments to people who are living a life that you disagree with purely on the basis that you just don't understand that's fucking pathetic it's a fucking pathetic excuse so but that is just one of the reasons that people might make these comments and then yeah uh, the last one is um what you do clashes with their morals, even if it doesn't affect them. So a big one would be if it's a religious thing, possibly how they've lived their life. If you're doing something that goes against their morals, but isn't hurting anyone, um, they then feel entitled to make a comment to you. Um, yeah. So there's many examples. Religion is one, for example, if someone's like highly religious and in their particular religion, it's wrong to, you know, be promiscuous, quote unquote, and have, you know, multiple sexual partners or have sex outside of marriage. They then feel entitled to make a comment about that and how it's wrong and how like the amount of times in my life that I've been told that I am a sinner is fucking ridiculous. Like it's out of control. And I've been told that um, obviously by someone who has a set of morals and beliefs that think that the way I live my life is sinning. But that's fine. But the issue is then when they choose to tell me about it. Like, I don't give a fuck. You're wasting your time telling me about it. And now you've just like cancelled yourself out of me wanting to be your friend or being close to you because you sound like someone that I just absolutely cannot connect with. If what I do in my personal time for myself is affecting you so much that you need to say something. So that's what I mean. I even get DM'd. I get DM'd saying you know, you're not going to go to heaven and shit like that. It's like, mind your own business, cunt. Anyway, something that I really want to make clear though, so we can differentiate the two. And so you can have this as a response when someone tries to defend why they made the comment is that uh, an unsolicited comment or remark is very different to an intervention. An intervention doesn't count. Because if someone responds to you saying, oh, I'm only saying that because I care. Let's say they're making a comment about your weight. Let's say you're overweight and they're making a, they made a comment about you eating too much that day or, or what you chose to eat that day. If someone's making just an underhand, one-off 
remark or comment, that's not an intervention and that doesn't mean that you care. You're just being an asshole. That's what you're being, an asshole. Because if they don't start by opening up a conversation that's two ways to make it a safe space for you to feel able to talk about something that they apparently care so much about, like your health, and they choose instead of doing that, instead of them being vulnerable and sitting you down, being like, hey, do you mind if we were to have a conversation? I really don't want to upset you. It's just something that's been playing on my mind and I'm, I love you so much and I'm, I just worry about your health. Would it be possible maybe to talk about this with you um, in an open, safe space and I want you to feel that you can talk about anything from a non-judgmental area and we can talk about it. If they're not doing that and they're just saying, should you be eating that, that doesn't count. That is an unsolicited comment, okay? If they're not willing to be vulnerable with you and have an open, vulnerable conversation and create a safe space, that's an intervention. If they don't want to do that, then it is an unsolicited comment, okay? So if someone ever says something about your weight or whatever and then you respond by shutting them down, I'll give you a few different ways that you can do that, and their response to you is, oh, it's just because I care, then you can give them that response. Just saying, if you cared then you would actually be vulnerable and you would put yourself out on the limb and actually talk about it. You wouldn't try and make it awkward for me and you wouldn't make me uncomfortable. You're only doing it this way because you yourself don't want to ever be vulnerable. You don't want to be in a position. How much do you actually care if you're just throwing these comments out left, right and center without getting to the bottom of it and really discussing the underlying issue here? So that's not an excuse. That's a bullshit excuse and you can put that fire out instantly. Now I want to talk about why it is that maybe you feel that you can't say something because I'm going to be dead honest with you. There are times in my life that even now with all the growth that I have had and with the person that I am and I feel that I'm quite confident and whatever, there are still situations to this day that I myself choose to not respond or to not make a comment. So don't ever feel that okay, now that I know this, I have to make a comment. And if I don't make a comment, I'm going to be beating myself down because I didn't feel comfortable to make that comment. There are going to be situations where you might not feel comfortable to do that um, because you might feel that it comes across as rude or out of place. So let's go over a few situations that you might feel this way. So you could be in a situation where you feel that saying something would make the situation worse. For example, say that you're arguing with someone who loves to go off on a tangent so in order to save the conversation and the, 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 the direction that the conversation is headed, you choose not to fight that battle. This is very common when you're trying to deal with someone who's um, a narcissist because they like to grab onto anything and then, you know, completely fly off the tangent, especially if you're winning an argument. So sometimes you might feel, I'm going to let that one slide so we can stay on track of the argument because often that is bait. If someone is toxic or a narcissist, they're going to throw bait by having these comments to try and get you to react so that way they can then skew that fight around how you reacted. So that might be a situation where you think I'm not going to fight this battle because I'm trying, I'm here for the long haul to win this fucking war of this argument so I can't be caught up in these like nasty remarks that they're making along the way. That may be one of the reasons. Another reason could be that you're dealing with someone where you guys have a mutual friend or relative in common and to spare yourself and that person the added drama, you choose not to say anything. This is very common with in-laws. Like say it's, you know, your sibling's partner and they're saying something and, you know, there might be this specific dynamic going on that you feel that if you were to respond or if you were to, you know, defend yourself, 
it could potentially cause a more awkward situation and you don't want to create that for your sibling. So you may be in a situation where you might feel that you don't want to say something. Um, it could be, um, yeah, so basically any in-laws, any in-laws where there's like someone in common, that's where the whole in-law, you know, if, whether it's your mother-in-law, your father-in-law, whatever, and you're dating someone and you think, oh, I just don't want to like turn this into a weird situation so I'll just shut my mouth. That's really common and one of the main reasons why people don't say anything. Um, also, if it's someone in a position of power in some way, shape or form, if it's a teacher or a parent or a you know, a family friend or an older person or anything like that, or, you know, your boss. So you feel that it may come across as rude or inappropriate to put them in your place because you think about that age, you know, that power dynamic between ge um, generations. So you might feel that you are not in a place to respond. So all this is fine. And if you feel that you don't want to respond because of these things, you don't have to. Um, but I do want you to understand that if someone does feel entitled to say something to you about you, judging or criticizing a decision that you've made that only impacts you, then you are entitled to respond. You're entitled to defend yourself and you're entitled to question them or to call them out or to pull them up, etc. I highly recommend that you don't get angry and I'll go into that. Um, but don't, so even though you have the decision to say, I'm not going to respond or I am going to respond, know that you are always in your right to respond. It's then up to you if you're going to do it or not. And that's totally your choice and you shouldn't feel guilty if you didn't respond or if you didn't stand up for yourself. That's up to you. That's your choice. But don't think, oh, well, I can't respond because they're a lot older. You can respond, okay? People, when they become older, they don't become stupid. They can still learn so if they're treating people, if they're, you know, acting like an asshole, treating people like idiots, they can still have a teachable moment where you respectfully pull them up. It's just your decision if you want to do that or not. So the next part, I'm going to go over four things of what not to do. I highly recommend you don't do this. Number one, don't get angry. Don't get angry because like I said earlier at the start of the podcast, people often respond to how something was delivered and not what was delivered, especially if there's a lot of emotion fueling the delivery. If you can stay calm or even create a gap of silence, it's on them. If you then blow up and get angry and get really emotional and then get, often when we get angry, we, whether we want to or not, we get on the attack. So that, that person then feels attacked and they get defensive and they respond and it ends up being a fight instead of a teachable moment for that person or instead of just a way for you to d respectfully defend yourself and shut it down so they don't do it again. So try your very best to not get angry. If you feel that you're getting angry, you're better off not responding in that particular situation just because anger then fuels a whole, whole you know, big chain of events after that which – you're better off not engaging in. The next thing that you should never do is explain yourself. Don't feel that because they made a comment, you now need to explain yourself to them. You don't owe them that. You don't have to say, like say they made a comment about, let's talk about your outfit. Say they made a comment about your outfit like, oh, that's quite revealing or oh, you're showing a lot of skin or whatever. Don't say, oh, no, it's just I wore this because I thought it would be hot or oh, I didn't really – um, have anything else to wear so I no don't explain yourself because if you, if you explain yourself and start basically what you do is you justify their remark so don't 
explain yourself because you give them the right of saying what they said to you. Basically, what you're trying to do is say you have no place to say that to me and you're not going to do that again. That's pretty much when I give you these responses that you can respond with, basically the underlying message with every single one of these responses is A, your opinion means nothing to me. B, don't do that again to me. And C, what you just said has no place. And I hope that you feel awkward and I hope that you don't do that again. And you're going to do all those three things with these one line responses that you can give people. But also you're going to do it calmly and respectfully and even playfully in ways that sometimes when they feel awkward, they can laugh and shake it off. And then it's, you know, you've literally just like put out that fire in an instant. So you can do it in playful ways that where both people end up happy and fine, but that person then thinks twice about doing it again. Another thing that you're not going to do is you're not going to agree with them deep down if you don't agree. So again, back to the outfit remark. If someone comments on your outfit, for example, or anything about you, but let's just say they comment on your outfit and you then respond saying, oh, yeah, no, I know. Like it it doesn't look that good, does it? Oh, I know I was in a rush and oh, yeah, it's not the best choice. Like if you start agreeing with them on why you shouldn't have worn what you wore or how you don't actually think you look good in the outfit or how, or, or if you laugh being like, yeah, I know I thought it'd work, but it doesn't work. It doesn't, you know, if you start to do that, then you're basically telling them that you agree with them. And worst of all, you're telling yourself, I agree with them. The problem with that is that you then start feeling, you start questioning yourself every time you're going to get ready. Oh, that person might judge my outfit. Oh, what, what, what will someone think? Fuck what people think. You wore that outfit for a reason, didn't you? Because you liked it. And that's the only reason that matters. You wore what you wore that day because you thought that when you were getting ready at home that you looked good in that outfit and that was the best option for the mood that you were in and you wanted to wear it. That is a good enough reason for you to wear that outfit. What anyone else thinks past that, after you've left the home, what anyone, what anyone else thinks, is none of your business. It doesn't matter. This is very different to if you're getting ready and you turn to your friend or whoever's at home and you say, honestly, what do you think about this outfit? Does it look good? When you seek out people's opinion, again, that's not an unsolicited comment. So you can't get offended if then they give their gen, like their genuine opinion because you've asked them. So that's different. I'm talking about when someone just out of the blue is like, oh, how's that fucking outfit that you chose to wear? Why would you wear that? Or whatever, okay? So the reason you chose that outfit is because you liked it. If then you start agreeing with people that, oh yeah, no, you're right. It's not good. I don't really like it. If you start saying that, then you're going to feel really insecure in future, when you're getting ready to go out, you're probably never going to wear that outfit again because you're going to feel, oh, someone made that remark because you agreed with them on some level. So don't agree with them if you don't deep down agree. And then lastly, the fourth thing what not to do is never apologize for doing something that only concerns you ever. Take out, I'm sorry, out of the equation when it comes to this. You don't ever apologize. Apologies should only be extended if your actions have directly affected someone else negatively. A clash of morals does not count. A, a difference in opinions does not count. You can still be polite, you can still be respectful, and you can hear each other out, but don't apologize. Don't say, oh, I'm sorry, it's just that I think... No, take out, I'm sorry, you can say, well... I would disagree with you because I think this. The word sorry should not exist when it comes to responding to an unsolicited comment or remark. I don't care what it's about. All right, now we've reached the point where I'm going to be answering um, your questions and like 
comments or remarks that people have made to you. What I do want you guys to note is that just one thing that you need to do is you need to make it clear that under no circumstance are you going to join them in putting you down, no matter what. So you can use any tactic and you notice that a lot of the tactics that I use are sarcasm because sarcasm is a good way to throw it back on them. It's almost like a question without asking the question. So you can use whatever tactic, comedy, sarcasm, awkward silence, whatever you want. But when someone sees that you're actually, that you actually like yourself, no matter what you have going for you, then you are instantly out of their league and they don't have a fucking leg to stand on. If they try and put you down and you jokingly agree then they know that they can do it again. They've found a weak spot. If they try and put you down and you shut it down, no matter what tactic you use, ideally not anger, then they feel very awkward that they have brought up something about your appearance or your style or the way you're choosing to live your life for then you to turn it around to show that you completely disagree but you're so comfortable within your own skin that you're able to kind of be sarcastic or make a funny remark in response to them being a bit of an asshole and trying to put you down, okay? So please, 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 please do not join anyone in putting you down. Don't ever do that. I don't care if you agree with them. If they put you down about something about your appearance, don't agree with them. Please don't. Okay, now I'm just going to go through specific things that people have written to me. I'm just going to read it out how it was written and then I'm going to give what I would respond to it. I've selected about maybe 30 of them. A lot of them were recurring things and obviously I couldn't answer the hundreds that came through as much as I would fucking love to. But I've chosen around 30 and I'm going to read it out as it was written to me and then I will just give my answer. So let's begin. People commenting on why you aren't having a child. Your response. Oh, I didn't realize the world was underpopulated. Next, I got offered two jobs and in front of me and others, I was told that I was making the wrong decision. Well, hopefully you don't lose any sleep over this at night. Now, this one's from my sister and she told me that she's used this as a response and it's brilliant. People saying to her, you're so muscly, it's a bit much, I wouldn't want to look like that. And her response was, don't worry, you'll never achieve it. The next one, not wanting kids, so I am told I will be lonely. Answer, I survived this long not being lonely, so I'm going to take my chances. Gay people shouldn't be so gay. Oh, it must be so hard for you having to be around gay people. That must be really tough. Um, You're not going to know true love until you have a child when I've said that I don't want children. Well, luckily, ignorance is bliss. You never wear makeup. Do you ever dress like a girl? Well, the fact that I'm a girl answers that question, doesn't it? You have man shoulders. Yeah, I know. How good are they? You have stumpy legs. Thank you. They've done their job getting me from A to B, so I'm pretty stoked with them too. You normally don't wear makeup, do you? You look good with it. I look even better without it. Have you ever thought about losing weight? Wow, can you believe that the idea has never crossed my mind? When I've tried to put on weight, you're too skinny. By whose standards? Yours? You'd look better if you went to the gym. Oh, yeah, I tried signing up to the gym, but I got turned away because I was too hot. Are you sure you want to eat that? Are you sure you want that large coffee? No, I've been losing sleep over this decision for weeks. When I got offered a promotion, that must have been flattering. Well, you should have seen how flattered they were when I accepted the job. You look like a bag of bones. 
Well, I've actually never seen a bag of bones, but thanks for the insight. When people think that you're sad for being single in your late 20s. If being single is the worst case scenario, then I'm laughing. Comments about having body hair as a woman. Can you believe I was born like this? How wild. Seedy men when I'm working at a bar job telling me, you're too pretty to work here. Yeah, they hired me before they saw me, so then it was too late. Whoa, you're so tall. My height helps me keep a safe distance from people that are intimidated by me. Are you going to do anything with your degree? Oh, look, I've never considered it. I just did it for lols. Comments on getting cosmetic work done. Oh, well, lucky it's on my body. Imagine how stressed you would be if it was on your body. Don't you think your dress is too short? Oh, but we all have skin. Are you afraid of it? People pointing out my acne as if I was as if I wasn't conscious enough about it already. If my skin's affecting you so much, just don't look. Returning too soon from maternity leave and not staying home longer. You know, I discovered that women can parent and have a career, so I thought I'd give it a crack. How crazy is that? I know. When random men tell me to smile. At you? Nah, I'm good. Why do you date women when it will make your life so much harder? What makes you think my life will be harder? Because I'll get comments like yours. I'm a vegan and people tell me all the time that I need to eat meat. I didn't realize that my diet affected your life so heavily. You're too fat to wear Doc Martens. Oh, I must have missed the memo. I'm yet to be arrested though, so I think I'll keep risking it. It's such a shame that you did that to your hair. Well, if that's how you feel, I'd recommend you don't try it. I'm a six foot female and have been told that I'm a monster by men. Oh, sorry, can you repeat that? I didn't see you down there. You share too much on social media. No one has a gun to your head. You don't have to watch it. You can't be a lesbian. You're too pretty. It's just a phase. Well, if you're so concerned, add your name to my mailing list and I'll send you an alert if my phase ever ends so you don't have to stress any longer. Okay, now separate to all these comments, I want to go a little bit more in depth with a story that I have... um, been given permission to talk about. Now, this girl, I actually want to get her on my podcast. She's pretty much like a cousin to me. Our mums are best friends and we grew up together and she's just, she's, she's, I call her family. She's my cousin. She's absolutely amazing and she has struggled with comments like this her entire life. I'm talking her entire life. She was overweight her whole life and very recently, about a year ago, she had lap band surgery. And she's lost a lot of weight since then. So here's a perfect example of someone that no matter whether you're overweight or whether you're losing the weight and you're doing it in a way that you have chosen to do so, you're going to cop comments left, right and center from people, even people that love you, people that care about you, you're going to cop it all the time. So she sent me a message and she said that it was fine. It doesn't need to be anonymous. But she basically sent me a message that she was saying that before, basically her whole life, people older than her, were always commenting on what she was eating. So if she had one serving or two, if she ate healthy or not, there was always a comment. So if she was eating a lasagna or something that was deemed not that healthy, people would always make sure that they said, oh, don't eat too much of that. And then they'd look at her up and down knowingly. And then if she was to eat something healthy like a salad, they would be like, oh, that's really good. This is really good for you. Then if, you know, she was sick or if she had a cold, it, it, they just put it down to it's because she was fat. And if she was going to put hours and all this effort into getting ready, it was irrelevant because she always got, oh, are you really going to wear that? Because they obviously didn't think it looked good on her body. Or you'd be so beautiful if you lost weight. 
something that was like a staple in the conversation was, oh, you know, you're fat or you're overweight or, you know, and that just was always being brought up in conversation her entire life. Then she went and had surgery and then there was a huge shift in the comments. So people didn't stop making the comments. They continued to make the comments. Suddenly all the comments were like, you're so beautiful now or don't you feel better? You look better. And then due to the surgery that she had, as my understanding from what I've learned from her is that especially straight after you get that surgery, you eat a very small amount of food. It's just not possible to eat a lot. And I think it's not possible. I believe it's for two reasons because you're a absolutely not really hungry and you don't have like that, the urge to want to eat a lot. But I think also you don't want to be, I think she's, I'm going to get her on the podcast so she'll be able to clarify this. But I also think it's like, you don't want to be putting too much food in your stomach, especially straight after. Cause I think it could be like, it could possibly be harmful, but she, she's going to, I'll get her to clarify that so don't take my word as gospel. But it's something like that. But regardless, you don't eat too much. So then everything, everyone shifted from telling her not to eat something because she was too fat to a really clear like controlling method to ensure that she wouldn't get fat again. So then the comments will fluctuate from one being like, this is not healthy, this is not normal, you should be eating more, you know, you can't be eating so little, to then at the same time, if she's eating something that might not be healthy, oh, are you sure you're going to eat that? Do you really want to eat all of that? I don't think that's good for you. So she's basically sent me this message saying like, regardless of whether you are overweight or whether you're trying to go on your journey of losing weight, however you choose to do, and mind you, people are going to make fucking comments. I have had people message me where they've chosen to take the surgery route of weight loss and they have received so many comments about it on like, maybe you should have tried diet and exercise. Have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? It's like people don't know the journey that you've had to get you to where you are today. They don't understand what considerations you have taken into place to decide which route you're going to take to lose weight if you choose to lose weight. So when people make these comments, I don't care how well-meaning they are, you have to shut it down because no one understands the journey that you've been on more than you. Even your parents don't. And they might be with you through the journey, wanting to help you, but they're looking at it from a point of view of like, I want her to be happy, I want her to be healthy. They're not understanding it from the position of you living it day in and day out, not only living what you were before the surgery, but during the surgery and the recovery after the surgery and then adapting to your life after that. So I don't care what comments people are making, they just are not going to understand it, especially when it's something so personal. We're talking here in this podcast about personal things. All those comments that I answered before, all of those, and guys, I've had hundreds sent to me. I wish I could fucking write a book and answer every single one of them because it's fucking sad, but every single one of us is subject to those comments. People just can't shut their mouth. They can't shut their mouth. But what you've got to realize is that pay close attention to what the comment is is about. And most of the time, it's going to be about something that only impacts you and they feel that they can say something. So even if it's your parents, it doesn't matter who it is. It's not that they don't love you, but you have to draw a line and you have to create some clear, clear boundaries because those things are fucking with your head and it's getting you, you know, it's stressing you out. You're, You're trying to go down a journey that possibly only you are the only one that's gone down that journey in in your friendship circle or in your family. And people think that they can give you all this advice when they haven't experienced it or they're not a medical professional that understands how it works. So telling you that now you're not eating enough, it's not healthy. How do they know that? 
or telling you, oh, are you sure you should be eating that when they don't know what you ate last week? They don't know if, if, you know, this is the one day where you want to eat that, but the other days you haven't eaten that. People don't know what you do 24-7. So don't give them the opportunity to comment as if they do, okay? They don't live inside your head. They don't have the right to give off their opinions and their comments left, right and center about your life. The problem is if you do continue to allow it, it's just going to continue to happen every single time. So the more confidence you are able to summon to respond to someone in a calm but very clear way, the better. And another really good thing that you can do to answer is awkward silence. There's nothing better than awkward silence. That shit is the best because the awkward silence brings the attention on the last thing that was said. So if you feel really uncomfortable but you don't quite have an answer, just stare at them. Fucking stare at them. And then they'll either try and change the subject because they know that what they said was incorrect or they're going to be like trying to apologize or be like, oh, um, no, well, like what I meant by that, what? And you just continue to stare at them. You allow this awkward silence to continue because that magnifying glass gets bigger and bigger and bigger on what they just said. And if they want to avoid another awkward encounter like that again, at the very least, they're not going to try it with you because they're like, fuck that. Nobody likes an awkward situation. Like we all know it. That's one of the most uncomfortable feelings is being awkward, especially when the light is on you. So if they know that that's going to be the new standard, that every time they're going to say something, the response is you staring at them and being silent, then they're not going to do it. So don't freak out if you don't have a, a response to give them straight away. Silence is a great response as well. Guys, I hope that that podcast was helpful. I really, really hope that hopefully you got something out of it or you're inspired to come up with some lines that you can use yourself. But the main takeaway from this is that know the difference between an intervention and an unsolicited comment. Know that you are always in your right, no matter who the fuck it is that's saying it, you are always in your right to respond and to defend yourself. It's never inappropriate to defend yourself. I don't care who the fuck is making the comments. Also know that you don't have to respond if you feel totally uncomfortable and don't beat down on yourself. If you don't respond, you have to be patient with yourself and it's fine. You might find a situation where you think I'm choosing not to respond and I'm okay with that and that is okay. And then also understand that one, like the, the don'ts that I outlined, you know, like don't use anger, don't be agreeing. If someone's putting you down, never agree. Never agree with someone putting you down. Don't join them in this sabotage because then it becomes self-sabotage and then you, unfortunately, a part of you will start to believe that and that's not cool because we're always trying to be kinder to ourselves, kinder to our brains. That's like my main message with every single podcast. And then, of course, if you're doing this to other people, stop. Stop doing it. It's not necessary. No one wants it. Opinions are like assholes. Everyone has one. And we don't want to see that shit. We don't want to see your fucking asshole, okay? So, guys, amazing. Love you all so much. Keep the conversations going on the Facebook group. If you aren't already a member, please head over and join because we have some epic conversations there. And some of you guys, some of the responses that you guys give to people's questions on that page are incredible. I'm so proud of you all. Um, so yeah, keep all that going. If you're not a member, go join. It's just, um, do you fucking mind with Alexis Fernandez? You just request to join and then yeah, you're in amazing guys. Love you so much. Be kind to everyone. Be kind to yourselves. Don't take shit from anyone. Never can this comment be more real than for this podcast. Don't take shit from anyone and especially don't take shit from yourself. Thank you. And danke.